0: Love Talk
1: Radio For all the news you need to know Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show Where great people and great topics Are brought together for stimulating And thought-provoking conversation Brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network
2: Welcome everyone to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Tuesday uh, to you guys out there. Hope that um, you had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving if you celebrated or uh, maybe you just had a get-together with family or maybe you just unwind and, and relaxed and all of those great things. And so um, hopefully that all of that has Turned out to be favorable for you, and hopefully this week is kicked off on a great note for you guys. I'm excited, folks. Uh, We got a new and a special guest joining us this evening, you guys. We got author Serenity Hall. She is on, you guys, and she is bringing us an incredible book tonight, Um, A Treacherous Hustle. Uh, she's going to be sharing with us, and man, oh, man, it's called A Treacherous treacherous Hustle, Hitting a Lick for uh, the Love of a Pimp, and this is from the Felicia Blakely story, you guys, and if you guys don't know, man, I urge you to definitely go and watch it. Uh, the um, show appeared, uh, where well, the movie appeared, rather, on TV1 um, a couple months ago, and man, I've just heard so much input and feedback um, about this story, and it really blowed people's mind to, you know, see um, someone experience this. So tonight, we are welcoming Serenity. She's going to come on. She's going to talk about that, as well as um, her upcoming books and what people can be in store for um, To for 2008. is right around the corner, you guys, and so we're not going to delay any further, you guys. We're going to bring our special guest of the evening on here so you guys can get the pleasure of getting to know her better and all of those great things. Felice,
3: Serenity, you there? I'm here. Welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And so Serenity, uh for the folks out here, uh this may be their first time being introduced to you. Uh tell them a little bit about yourself. Who is Serenity Hall?
3: Uh I'm an Arthur. I'm a I work, I'm a mother, I'm a general manager at a hotel and I just started a publishing company. Incredible. Incredible. Uh a lady of many hats. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: absolutely and so uh, of course uh, for you uh, you have delved into the the urban uh, fiction literary world and so uh, Serenity for you when was that moment that you knew or you had that desire that you wanted to be a writer well when
3: I, I started writing when I was in federal prison back in okay. 2007 but okay. my first book was published in 2010, I just had the need to, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. Because I didn't want prison to be a revolving door for me.
0: Mm. So I had
3: to, I had to figure something out and that was what I turned to.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: During that time that uh, you were incarcerated, like for you, did you feel uh because a lot of times uh we've had people who have been incarcerated just getting out and so a lot of times people in there get to those moments where they have those moments of depression and like you said not really knowing what they're supposed to do how did you deal with those moments as far as dealing with you know feeling feeling that pressure on okay how do I how do I change this so I don't end up back here again
3: what I I did, I read a lot to kind of, mm-hmm. first thing I did is I, I blocked out the outside world because mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. can't do time worrying about what people are doing outside.
1: You just right. can't
3: do it. You'll drive yourself crazy with that yeah. first. So I blocked that out. I call home, but not as much as I've seen other people call home because, right. I mean, there's nothing I can really do because I'm in prison. When right, somebody email right. me and say I need to call for my kids and I need to talk to them or something but be honest when you're there the kids have their own life so they really be doing their own thing they know you right. they look for you when they need you I wrote right. letters you know to keep in contact and we had business. not as often as I would like to have them yeah. but they were good when we did have them yeah. so when
4: Absolutely. I come
3: to like that Moment of depression, I always, I remember when I was young and I used to get into trouble. This is where mm-hmm. I get my um, my pen name from, Serenity. I used to always recite the Serenity prayer to myself. It kind of wow. brought me some sanity. I
4: yeah, always did.
3: Yeah. So that's why I chose Serenity for my pen name also. But that prayer always helped me and carried me through.
0: Absolutely. And I wasn't Absolutely. the type of
3: person where, okay, I'm in prison, so I want to throw a pity party. Because I always Mm -hmm. been a hustler Mm -hmm. number one. Because I'm gonna figure out a way that where I'm I gotta take care of myself, make things happen for me. So that was the thing that I I tried paralegal because I was doing that before I went in too, even though I was into other things. So I tried to finish that but it just wasn't working out for me and then I found out I spent all this money and the the, Mm -hmm. it wasn't accredited, the school wasn't accredited, so it was just gonna be a big waste of my time. So I put that down, and I focused on writing, hoping that someone would pick me up. It's crazy because when I started writing, I just didn't know who was going to publish this book. I just know I was going to do it so I could have a product to present to someone.
0: Right,
2: right. Absolutely. And so for you, um, Serena, in those early stages where you were, you know, finding yourself, like, going down those wrong paths, and and now – to see where you are now What do you think Led to those moments of Going down those wrong paths And, and ending up In federal prison Well I'm going to be
3: honest with you like, I used to not Just talk about this but it First it started with my mom And broken relationships that she had mm-hmm. She did mm-hmm. everything she could For us to take right. care of us, but when you got a bad a man in your life that's bringing you down,
1: like right. one right. moment
3: he was awesome, the next moment he got hooked on drugs and everything just started spiraling down. Wow. We ended up with a family member and she ended up going to Seattle, Washington for a short period of time, trying to get her life together. And mm-hmm. I was in and out of Youth Development Center during this time, but so During this time, one of the family members would sexually molest us or whatever. So I wanted to get myself out of that situation. And I can remember the day where my my dad was in prison during this time, and his sister came to visit me. She came to take me for the weekend. That's what she thought. I had my stuff packed and ready to go. When she picked me up, I never looked back. I just figured it out on my own. Was my mom hurt? Yeah, but it was like I was not disrespectful to her, but it was to the point where she got tired of looking for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, Mm
3: -hmm. she'll come home, home and I just started doing my own thing, and then I started dating older guys. So that's what really, that's leaving home at an early age is what really got me into prison. Wow. I'm to take life
4: into my own hands. Right, right.
2: Absolutely. And for you, like, with that, now that, you know, being a mother yourself, how important did you learn to make your relationship with your kids, you know, strong like you, you wish it might have been, you know, with your own mother? I.
3: I tell them that they can come and talk to me about almost anything. Because sometimes, you know, kids are not going to tell you. You're going to have to find that out for
4: yourself. Right, but right. But
3: we basically have an open relationship. And I told them, even though I may be a little ticked off at what you may tell me, but at the end of the day, I'm still your mom, and I'm the one that's going to be there to fight for you. So you need to right. come to me first. No matter how angry I'm going to be, I'm going to be angry because I'm a mom. That's natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But let
3: me help you. And still I find out stuff like they'll do little stuff. My oldest daughter, she'll do little stuff. But it always comes to that point where she got to come cry to mama. And I'm happy about that. I rather for her to have to come and do that in the beginning than something really bad happens in the end and it's out of my control where I can't do anything to help her. So I try to keep them close and keep our relationship close. See. Like me and my wow. mom, our relationship was good. It's just right. that you get in a relationship with a guy, and you trying to do you got four kids, you trying to do everything right. for your kids. My mom used right. to get up every morning, and walk from one spot all the way to his gas station where she worked at every morning. It was a long walk, but she did it. But wow. so when you come home and somebody put sugar in the in the uh, tank of your boyfriend car, this was later wow. after that when she got wow. a boyfriend. But before that, they cut. he cuts up her furniture and cut the plugs off of the, you know, the irons and refrigerators and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And we yeah. sit down watching the TV and they throw something through the window. They get a little disturbing. And she just really wow. couldn't take it no more. So we had to go right. with our grandmother for a little while till she could get herself together. I was mm-hmm. a little angry at first because being young, you don't understand. All you see is that, okay, my mama just up and left. But
2: right. and as I got older, I see why she had to do it. Fast forwarding to the process of um, dealing uh, with all of this, and, and you mentioned something very important about um, making sure that you don't worry about what's going on on the outside you know, while you're in there, and you hear a lot of people, you know, who are really affected, you know, they're trying to keep up with, okay, who's, you know, who's the boyfriend with, who's the, you know, who's the wife with, all of these things, or what's going on in their family. When did you learn that you could, you couldn't worry about what was going on on the outside, you just had to work on yourself, you know,
3: because you were on the inside? Well, first thing, as far as the boyfriend thing is concerned, being on the outside before I went in, one thing I know, and people may put it in their head, when you go to prison, you don't have no boyfriend. You don't. Mm -hmm. If you do (laughs) somebody else's man, too, I mean, that's just the reality of it. So I had to face that, even though I went through the motions of, being mad with him and arguing with him in letters, arguing with him through links and stuff like that, I mm. knew, like, in my heart of heart, I knew, like, he ain't he just mine. He ain't, like, he waiting on me to come home. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they expect for women to wait on them when Absolutely. they end. They expect for women <laughs> right. to bring their life to a halt and just wait. Right. Like life's not true. stopping for nobody. It don't matter how much people be like, oh, I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna be here for you. Right. They <laughs> may be there for you.
4: They
3: may be there for you, <laughs> but i still gonna
2: go on. Right. Right. Just, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, <laughs>
3: when when you step
2: foot, when you step foot out of, um, federal prison, uh, what did you have set forth in your mind? that you wanted to accomplish? I know you said you had some time to, you know, think about the things that you wanted to do when you stepped outside of those doors um, and made that kind of declaration to yourself that, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you know, coming back in here. I'm not going to make this, um, you know, a reoccurrence. What did you have set in your mind that you wanted to do?
3: When I was in prison, we took this class. I was in an R-Duck class when I was there. So in mm-hmm. the class, you have to, like, do this, um, Vision board So mm-hmm. I had my vision board like inside of my Locker the things I want to do places of vacation My car my house stuff Like that so that is something that I Set my eyes on every Morning when my foot hit the floor mm-hmm. I looked at that vision board Where I sat right there in that locker Looking for something to wear to go to Whatever meeting or whatever Job I had to go to So when I came home I was still on Five years of probation so you Know you, wow. you're limited when you do right. that, you,
4: cause
3: right. it's easy to fall back if you mess. Mm-hmm. So I had to try mm-hmm. to make ends meet because when you get out, people say it's hard to find a job with a felony. It's not hard to find a job. You just got to work. You got to put the work in and get it. The thing is, you may not make a lot of money, but as long as you have a job, you're good. What I did, I got two jobs. I got one job at Taco Bell, and I got another job at Quality and Hotel. Wow. So I went to... Taco Bell. Early in the day, when my job was done at Taco Bell, I take that Taco Bell shirt off, put that quality and shirt on, and I'll go down there to the hotel and work. Every day I did that for the five years I was on probation actually four years I was on probation. And then I'll go home, I cook, spend time with the kids, and right. That was it. <laughs> Still trying to figure out a plan. Like, what am I gonna do? How am i gonna make this any? So I had to figure out how I'm gonna try to move up in this company. And then we end up getting. I started doing breakfast in the hotel. We end up getting another manager there, and I worked with him for a little while. And I guess he saw my potential, so he came to me one day after his assistant general manager was messing up, and he was like, "You want the position?" And I was like, you know, it felt kind of funny because I had been working with this girl, but she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. And I was like, "Yeah, I want it, but you know how you never thought you'd get it right? Like it was right, like I couldn't believe it, but I was like, Yeah, I want it, So I took the job, and then after that they I went on to take the host test to be a general manager, and here I am now.
2: Wow, awesome, <laughs> absolutely awesome, and so. You got the same uh, focus. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and I love that you said, you know, because you hear, you hear where a lot of people get out of prison and they're like, you know, when you got a, you know, felony or whatever is hard, you know, to get a job, but to hear you say you can get one, and I think for a lot of people you can get one, but sometimes it's not always gonna be the job that you would like at first, you know right. what I'm saying, and so and I think that's what get folks is that they you know they they want those fancy jobs, but they don't realize like you said, you gotta work, you gotta work even maybe right. even ten times harder than you know other people, you know, just because they know that that's on your record, so you gotta work hard to you know boost yourself up to the next level, and, and you know speaking
3: of thing. go ahead go ahead, no, this is the thing like. When I came out, both of jobs was paying minimum wage, which is 7 yeah. here in Georgia.
0: Right.
3: So I had to sit back and think, like, you're going to take the job and be <laughs> humble, or you going right. to be like, okay, I'm used to this lifestyle. Okay, you used to that lifestyle. That lifestyle took you to prison. So what I put mm-hmm. in my head is I, every day, I got a locker. I'm living out of a locker. I got food on one side. And my clothes are on the other side. You wear the same thing every day. You got four uniforms, five uniforms, however many it is. And then you got your jogging suit, gray. All the same color. You got your gray jogger suit, your shorts, your T-shirt, your tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. I can manage. I can make this work. I ain't need no clothes or none of that. I want to help take care of my kids. I put them uniforms on, come home, take a bath, put my night clothes on, and that's it. Got to improvise.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of of taking things to the next level, of course, uh, tonight we are uh, talking about your book, Um, A Treacherous Treacherous, Uh, Hustle. And uh, man, this is uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing book. And I know a lot of folks have definitely asked you, well, how did you come about to create such a or or share, you know, mm-hmm. such a, a amazing story of this woman's life, and this book falls around the Felicia Blakely story. And so, uh, Serenity, for the folks out there, tell them a little bit about who Felicia Blakely is and, and kind of what her story is.
3: Okay, well, how I wrote the book first, um, I guess I was the chosen one. <laughs> she uh, she wanted somebody to tell her story. Yeah. In her own yeah. Words, because the movie was coming out. So she wants she was like I need them to know coming from me, I need them to know exactly what happened to me when I was right. growing up.
0: Right. And
3: she knew it was gonna be hard, a huge undertaking, but she, she was ready and willing to do it because she wanted to reach out and be able to send a message that would help other young girls that were going down the same path that she was going down. She said if that if she could help one person, that would mean a lot to her. But she has helped several people. And I did some research on Felicia in the beginning before I started um, with the story. Then we started visiting and stuff. And the person that I read about, you know how you read something and you paint this picture in your mind of a person? But I was, like, more curious than anything because she was underage, 18 years old, but she was even younger than that when she first got in the street and got caught up. But I, I was just curious. I want to know what makes, what type of mindset did this person have and what type of effect did this pimp have on her to send her out to commit these murders and he's nowhere on scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. I needed to know it. I wanted to un- I couldn't understand that, but I needed her to tell me so I could understand where she was coming from. But never did I want to judge her. I was just like, how in the road, you know? But I wanted mm-hmm, to know. Mm-hmm. So once I got to meet her and we talked, I could feel her pain. I also could feel the pain of the victim's family and stuff, but I feel like what Felicia was going through.
1: Right. And she said Absolutely. she wish she
3: could take it all back. She wish she could turn back the hands of time, but it's done. And wow. all the only thing she was now is that the family could forgive her. Mm-hmm. Which one mm-hmm. of them, like two of the nieces, um, the aunt, I guess she was one of the sisters. She said on um, Instagram, she sent Felicia a message and told her that since she know her story, now that she know her story, then she
2: understand,
0: and she forgive her mm-hmm.
2: and that was mm-hmm. huge for felicia absolutely absolutely serena do do you think that people because i you know I read like some of the responses of when when the movie actually first released um on t v one and so like you said, you had some you know some family members who you know, were in their feelings um about certain things that took place. Do you think that some people, you know, just fully didn't understand, you know, what really happened? Therefore, that's why a lot of them were so upset, you know, when the movie came out, because they really didn't know that, this, you know, some of those things actually really happened. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah they didn't know and one of the sisters like they call her Smokey Hurt that's her nickname she mm-hmm. reached out to me not long ago and she wants to do a book because she okay. said she wants to tell her side of the story Wow. so okay. I told her okay we can work together we can do that but she was like I forgive Felicia she said I wow. come from a, a Christian background. she said I forgive her she said for some reason she said in the beginning because of the life she was leading to she said she thought it was personal but now mm. she knows she realized that right. it wasn't personal. And she's right. the sister of the guy in the movie that they show is um her friend. Right. In the
4: movie. Right. Right.
2: Right. And 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 right. for that, uh, we, we we uh we do have a question, um, from Khalise. Um, Khalees from California, uh, she wants to know, um, uh, how did the relationship between you and Felicia formed and why do you think she wanted to, or she trusted you to confide in you to, you know, want to share her story and put her story out there?
3: The second part, I have no idea, but the first part, <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine, her sister, is incarcerated with Felicia, and she's doing 20 years on a crime. Um, wow. So she told Felicia about me. So me and Felicia wow. started communicating, but it took a while. We talked on the phone and everything, and she was like, I want you to do my story. She was like, I feel like God sent you to me. Wow.
0: Wow. And I was like, okay.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> Okay, wow. let's do it.
2: <laughs> and so once you once you got into this serenity and once you started doing your research on Felicia and, you know, all of the things that took place with her, because for me, just watching the movie alone, I was just shocked, my mouth dropped. Okay, like, okay, wow. And so now you're hearing it, you know, straight from the source. What was your first thought when you heard her story yourself?
3: When I, I was hurt yeah. I wanted to cry for her I yeah. really did yeah. and it's like some of the things in the story like she would write me stuff that cause she had to tell me the whole story me and the editors. so the things that she would write I was like I need to hear her tell me this mm-hmm. so it was one part that stuck out to me two parts actually one was when on the movie you show that he's she's um, standing he gives her a fur coat and she puts this. he put this dog chain around her neck. But the way Felicia described it, to me, she was asleep when he put the chain around her neck, and she woke up, and it already had the lock on it. And he had the key around his neck, and she was like, what the, you know, what's going on? But right. he had already started grooming her, so she didn't want to make him feel like she was unappreciative of him because he had already started showing her love, making her feel like she was being loved. And she didn't have anything to turn back to. The second part was when he set her on fire. Like she went down the part where she went out to Miami mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: came back empty handed and she didn't have anything. Right. So it's like guards that go on the head of the Clippers. She said it was a bunch of them sitting around in the closet and he made her stand on top of those and he poured alcohol all over her body and set her mm-hmm. on fire. And wow. I was like, how was the pain? Wow. She was like, I really didn't feel it until I felt my pubic hair burning. She said that was bad. And he had taped her body up with duct tape. I was like, that that was painful. It was like many nights I didn't sleep during this time. Even the same thing with the editor. It was the same mm-hmm. thing. We were on this thing nonstop. Everybody was exhausted, and it was more because of how sad the story was and what this young girl had to go through, and didn't have Absolutely. anybody to turn to but this pimp.
2: Absolutely. Absolute. Uh, What I want to do, um, Serenity, I want to take a break, but we're going to come back. Uh, we got some questions um, from some of the listeners um, that I'll be asking uh, when we come back, you guys. So, guys, stay tuned, stay locked to the beautiful Butterfly Show, you guys. We are on with Arthur Serenity Hall. She is the author of A Treacherous Hustle, you guys. And so we're going to take a break. Uh, but if you got questions or comments for her, feel free to call in. The number three four seven three two six nine one three nine 347-326-9139 is the number. Or you can hit me up on Facebook um, at Bianca Fly or on Twitter at Butterfly Show, you guys. And so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with more Serenity Hall, you guys,
4: right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
0: my
2: What do you get when you fuse together a smooth debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected and keep in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way, could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or... Will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And this evening, you guys, we are joined by Arthur Serenity Hall, you guys. And so, uh, of course, uh, Serenity, we have a question here. Uh, this one is coming from Erica uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she says, uh, being incarcerated, a lot of times people don't want to give you opportunities, especially when you are able to list on your job applications that you have been incarcerated. How did you stay focused and not get discouraged uh, when you were turned down for job offers?
3: Well, my thing is I feel like if a door don't open for you, then it's not Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep, that's with anything that you do in life. Everything not for us. But that don't mean that you give up. And I never give up. I keep pushing. I refuse to take absolutely no for an answer. I know that there was something out there for me. And I just kept pushing. I made it my business to get up every day and go out and find something. And I had two girls I needed to take care of. And that Uh motivated me more than anything. I never cared about the lifestyle I had before. None of that stuff mattered to me. I cared about what I was going to do right then. And you just got to learn how to manage your money. You can't be going okay. out and spending money on things that you want. You got to just get the things that you need during that time until you're able to do more. But the main right. thing is stay focused. Don't give up. Go in there and talk to the people and let the people know that you mean business. Try to get to that person that that's going to hire you. Don't right. worry about the people that's out there in the front because people are going to judge you regardless especially when they know you got a record. But having a record doesn't define who you are.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Destiny uh, from Alabama, she says, what personal lesson uh, did you learn while being incarcerated?
3: The personal lesson I learned while being incarcerated is that fast money, go fast, and it's a large price that you have to pay for it. It's, mm. it's
2: not working. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Serenity, what what are your thoughts on?
2: Because we look and we see um especially a lot of women um, getting caught up as you know, in in the materialistic aspects, you know. Uh of course they're saying now, you know, they gotta, you know, chase chasing the bag, get the bag, get the check, all of these things. Um and wanting this fast lifestyle in this fast, quick, easy money, what do you what do you say to girls um, who are on are on that you know that level that mindset right now?
3: The first thing I say to those girls is that they get this stuff by what they see. Yeah. So they are yeah. seeing the stuff on TV and they thinking that these girls became a success overnight and all this stuff is just is just gonna be easy. And it's going to come easy to them. But I can promise you that these girls had a price to pay. And you never know what that price is. Well, are you willing to pay that price like Felicia? She wanted the same thing. She was looking for fame, fortune, and love in all the wrong places. And you see where it ended her up at. Everybody is not going to be successful trying to reach to the top easy. Because if you want to be real, A regular job is not going to get you that fast. You got to have some goals and you got to have a plan to get to the top. I think they need to just see that stuff for what it is. They got to really, really pay attention to what it is. It's all entertainment and show. Most of the stuff, they're giving that stuff. I heard a celebrity say that they had to return a chain that was loaned to them. I'm not saying some of them, they don't buy this stuff. But somebody said they had something that was loaned and they had to return it. Do you think regular people gonna be able to go and just afford a million dollar chain, even a hundred thousand dollar chain? Even if you borrow it, how you gonna pay for it if you lose it somebody snatch it off your neck? Right. It's just right. some people want the fame and fortune. I say be easy, do what you can, live your life to the fullest and enjoy it without following a money train that's gonna lead you to uh, self destruction because that's what's gonna happen.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
2: Let's see here. LaRonda um, from Chicago, uh, she wants to know, when it comes to the Felicia Blakely story, do you think that we have a lot of Felicia Blakelys in this world, but they just may not know it?
3: Yes, we have a lot of Felicia Blakelys in this world. -hmm. It's crazy because I work in the hotel industry. And yeah. I have one exterior property, one interior property. Mm-hmm. I called the police one night because I seen a young, a underage girl, and she looked like she needed help. She had nowhere to go, so we gave her. Wow. Home and I called somebody to help her. I felt like her mom could be looking for her because if it was my right. child, I want somebody to help me find. And that's what she was doing. She was prostituting. Somebody had brought her down there and try to make her sell her body so they can make a profit off of it. So there's a lot of young women out here that are like Mm -hmm. that. They leave home, and the guys get a hold to them, and they start grooming them. It's kind of like sex sex trafficking, but these girls, they've been hurt at home. Maybe they've been molested at home. Everybody deal with everything in a different manner. But then they gravitate toward these people, these guys that show them all this love in the beginning, just to turn on them and be like, you know you owe me. Mm-hmm. you mind now mm-hmm. so you need to do this and do that. but yeah it's a lot of women out here like that that get caught up and they don't know how to get out of it Right, they in too deep at that point are they Absolutely. so scared because these guys are threatening them and their families if they leave so they don't know right. what to do and then the families give up on them when somebody comes to you a young girl comes to you and they tell you they really really need help whether they have been in the street or not Everybody
2: falls sometime, but they're going to need somebody to help pick them back up when they need that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Christina uh, from Delaware, uh, she says, you being a mother and a mother of daughters, uh, what are some important life lessons that you have taught your daughter uh, since being released from prison?
3: I taught them easy money don't come easy. If mm-hmm. they thank you does.
0: Yeah. I
3: taught them that as long as my door is open to you, feel free to come home. You got a bed mm-hmm. right here to lay, and you don't have to go clinging to anybody else. I'm number one in your life right now. I'm going to be here and home for you until you find that person that you feel like you want to spend your life, the rest of your life with. I told nice. them that you're going to have heartbreak. There's nothing that I can save you from. There's something that you're going to have to deal with in your life. Right. And I'm going to be here for you while you go through it. Never mm-hmm. get to the point where you think you can't come home to me and talk to me about something. I have heard the worst of the worst. It's nothing you can't come home and be honest with me about. And I'm not going to love you. I'm going to love you mm-hmm. regardless. I always tell them that because I don't want nobody to get in their head and tell them, you ain't going to never amount to nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. You know, bringing down their self-esteem. Never let nobody right. tell you that. Never. It don't matter what mistake you made. Everybody in life have made mistakes. I tell them this all the time. and They be like, there you go, preacher. Yes, I am, because I want <laughs> you to know. Don't get right. yourself out there and get yourself caught up and think you can't come back home because you can. It's somebody right. in your family that loves you that's going to help you. If you can't come to me and you don't feel comfortable coming to me, go to your sister. Go to your right. grandmama. But go to somebody and get some help. That's the number one thing. Like, don't think that we're going to turn our back on you because we're
2: not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Darren uh, from Decatur, Georgia, he says, um, coming out of prison, oftentimes we hope that we can depend on our family support. And while we're incarcerated, family may write letters and tell us how they're supporting us and have our backs. However, when we get out, it can often be a different story. How do you deal with family not supporting um uh, and not getting discouraged by family not willing to help you once you're no longer incarcerated? So did you have to deal with that serenity of of I did. You know. Deal
3: with it. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy part about it is when I came home, everybody's looking at me to help. Like, what the hell?
4: <laughs> I just got out of for myself. Like, what you, do you want what me I to
3: think? do? <laughs> right. I just got out myself. And the, the crazy part about it is if you've been gone all these years and you come home and everybody's still stagnant, they stuck in the same place they was when you left, you can't expect them to help you anyway. You just got to get up and keep pushing. Don't depend on nobody yes. when you get out. Because nine times out of ten, if you was in there, you saw. That you all for yourself in there You got to do what you got to do for yourself Yeah they may send you letters. They may send you a couple of dollars every now and then But was that really enough To keep you going while you was in there I know you had to figure right. out something To help keep right. Take care of yourself that right. says Unless you just got a real loyal person That's going to be there for you Because they'll forget about you Mhm. Mm-hmm. So you come home and then they be like Oh I miss you, I miss you, I miss you I had one family member to tell me on, um, I ain't gonna say what holiday was, but it was a holiday. They called me and they said they were disappointed. I said I was disappointed for eight and a half years, so I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you so get over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll get over. And people was like, I'm bitter a little bit when I first came home. They said I was bitter. No, I'm not bitter. Mm-hmm. I'm a realist. I'm trying to go to the top, and I'm not trying to let nobody try to bring me back down. You wasn't right. there for me then. It's like some people don't even support me with my books. They say, oh, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. Can I get a book? No, you can't. Can you buy a book? Can you do mm. that? Yeah, uh-uh. And then when they thank you, like Felicia Blake's story, people think you get rich off of writing books. No, I'm right. not James Patterson, first of all. I'm not James <laughs> Patterson, Stuart Woods. I didn't write the Harry Potter story. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just right. trying to get a message out for little girls, and I'm trying to do something so I can take care of my household. So don't come thinking like I'm rich overnight, and I'm trying to act funny. I'm not trying to act funny. I'm trying to pursue my career. And right. I can't worry about the mess that other people have going on if I want to keep moving
2: forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is it, um, Serenity, um, that keeps you from Wanting to turn back to those old habits because, like you said, you know, it's that fast money, that quick money. Uh, what is it that keeps you? Because some people don't learn, you know. Like you were saying earlier about not wanting to let prison become a revolving door, but for some folks, it's a constant, you know, constant revolving door. They get out for a while, they back, they back. So for you, what is it that you believe keeps you, keeps you from returning and keep from returning? to that old life that you once lived?
3: One thing I learned from growing up in the street, the game don't change. The players might change in the game, but the game don't change. If you Mm -hmm. out there doing something dirty and something treacherous, you're going to end up in prison, you're going to end up dead, one of the two. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't want
3: to be now, one one. I want to grow old and die. I don't want to go back to prison and be living out of a locker. If I got to live out of a locker, Mm -hmm. let me live out of it in my own house. I don't want to have nobody waking me up every morning telling me I got to get up, make up this bed. I need to do this and I need to do that. I don't have time for that. I don't want nobody to be counting me as no number. I'm a human being. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. that I just don't want to live like
4: that. I refuse to live like that. Absolutely. They ain't had to
3: tell me but one time. That was it for me. And I was going to figure it out from there. <laughs>
0: Writing
2: this. Um, about Felicia and the things that she experienced uh, what did you learn from Felicia Blakely's story in reading it and writing it and doing the research and talking with her what did you learn um, about the way of life through Felicia Blakely's eyes first
3: thing I learned that I probably could have been Felicia myself like, mm. at a very young age, Felicia was molested. Right. But right. in that token, even though my mama went through the things she went through and she had her own problems, she was there, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't even tell her, but she was still right. there. She wasn't, like, absent. So i it's like everybody had a thing different. I didn't fall into the life with a pimp, but I did fall with a guy that was 20 years older than me. But he didn't wow. have me going – he cherished me, even though he shouldn't have been messing with me in the first place.
4: Right, right.
3: He cherished me. He took care of me. He just, he did everything for me. He didn't say, I got to go sell my body. He didn't want nobody to touch me, nobody to look at me. As Felicia, she got with a different type of man. He want her to go sell her body, trick off, you know, make money for him, bring it to him. It was like she got off at a bad start in the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Both of us did. But our roads is different, and so looking at uh life through Felicia's eyes it's like Felicia was on the right track in school she was a um she ran track she was an a student she just she was in school she was everything mhm. It's just that one time where that uncle, that auntie's husband started sleeping with her. And after that, she got fast. And it's like, if somebody's going to take it from me, I might as well be able to give it to whoever I want to give it to.
0: Right. To
3: somebody that maybe going to show me some love. So mm-hmm. when she went out there and this guy telling her how pretty she is, you know, and right. making her feel like she's loved. It's like young women, that's what they want. But we grow up and people telling us this at home, that you're beautiful, you know, putting planting positive seeds, then when somebody else in the street that mean us no good, we heard this, but we already know this. I don't need you to tell me this. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's like looking through Felicia's eyes were starting in the beginning and ending up where she is now. It's like it's devastating. I know for a fact that she's living her life and she's doing positive things now and reaching out to help other girls but it's still that hurting feeling in there that she ain't never going to be able to get rid of like she said Mm -hmm. to me in visitation one day she said I wonder why she said so many girls that went went through what I went through she said God stopped them and they checked Mm -hmm. before they went this far she said I want to know why he stopped me why did Mm -hmm. he do something to intervene and stop me from going Going this far she said well wow. i guess this is my destiny i guess this it was a purpose for me maybe i'm supposed to be helping these other girls and trying to send yeah. out a message to them you know right. you got to try to find a positive in everything absolutely so that absolutely. little bit right there helped keep her going
0: absolutely
3: but absolutely. i still feel the pain for her
0: Like, a lot of people
3: threatened me. A couple people threatened me, said, how could I go see a murderer in prison? Mm -hmm. How would I feel if somebody, they was on my Instagram page, and they put a comment by my kid and my uh, stepdaughter, and they was like, what if somebody killed one of these kids that uh, you care about? Wow. Would would, would write that story? And I told them, well, I guess I wouldn't be the one to write that story. Somebody else would be writing. Hmm. But the thought of it is not that I don't care that people lost their lives. But it right. still was a young girl. They looking at Felicia now as thirty-four year old woman. It's still mm-hmm. a young girl that went right. through something. Right. These older guys were out paying for her body. How do you think she feels? Mhm,
0: mhm.
3: And I think you know, you know I think,
2: And I think that that's where it it kind of a light kind of went off within me because I think, like you said, people perceived as okay, well, she did you know committed this you know, a horrible crime and and all of these things, but people didn't take the time to really maybe see all of what she endured leading up to that point. You know, I think for a lot of people, which is anybody, you know, if, if you go through so much, there's always that boiling point. There's always that point where it's like, okay, enough is enough, you know, and some people, you know, do, wild things, some people kind of lose their mind, all of these different things, and so I think if people actually took the time to see what led up to, and it's not excusing, you know, what she did or whatever, because like you said, people did did lose their lives, but, you know, the fact that she endured a lot, you know, she endured a lot um, through those times, and, you know, it's not always, for us, you know, to judge you know how people handle things because we don't know what we would do <laughs> you know if we were faced right with those type of situations, and so um, I'm definitely glad um that she um you know has chosen to share her story. I'm glad that you know you guys were and you were able to put out uh this incredible book uh which is. Um, available on Amazon, and so you guys know that Christmas time and all those great things are around the corner, uh, so now's a good time to go and purchase uh, this book and all of those great things, and so uh, Serenity uh, 2018 is around the corner, uh, so what can we expect, what can the readers expect from Serenity Hall um, in 2018?
3: Well, in 2018, right now, I'm promoting my authors from my publishing company, Seven Figure Publications. Most mm-hmm. of the authors that I have are incarcerated. So I'm trying to help give them a voice and help them out. So the first book, well, 2017, we have Murder, Breeze Mayhem coming out by um, Pierce Anfield. But at the top of 2018, Felicia has written her own novel, which is titled When What God Has Ain't Good Enough. It's. Kinda wow. of based off like her story, but it's um where the young girl gets caught up with the two guys, mm-hmm. the, the hustler, and then a preacher, and then he they take her down the road, and she got to figure out where she gonna land at. She got to make a choice. Wow! And wow! That book is coming, and we also have Felicia writing um Life After Life, which, and I have to stress this because this is the Felicia like you know, right after you get sentenced and so you go in, you're bitter, mm-hmm. you're going through all the uh-huh. emotions and yeah. stuff. So Life yeah. After Life, and we titled that because she got life, so it's how mm-hmm. she's dealing with life after prison. So that's mm-hmm. what that book will be coming out, too, in um, 2018. And we got a few other authors, Bella Hosa. She's coming out with one. She has life in prison. Uh, Tamika Lawrence, she's coming out with one. She also has life in prison. Most of the girls are lifeless, so mm-hmm. and they reached mm-hmm. out to me, so I'm just trying to reach back and trying to help them. You know,
4: yeah.
3: everybody need a chance. That's what I think.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So I just absolutely. try to be there for. Them.
2: Absolutely. And for some people, you know, that's all they need is that opportunity uh, for somebody to give them that chance, you know, to kind of get their foot in the door. Um, And you never know what roads, you know, that can lead to just by giving somebody um, an opportunity um that they that they never had before and so um I I'm definitely looking forward uh to reading uh all of these awesome books that you have um coming out and in the works for everybody and so um of course uh for you um, writing writing and sharing other people's story and so forth what are your what are your goals as far as being a publisher um and and publishing other authors as well as creating your own books uh what is your ultimate goal for yourself and your brand?
3: My ultimate goal is to build an empire mm-hmm. and to put out quality books. I had two books that I did in the beginning when I started writing, which Fienden mm-hmm. and Phil, Phil I wrote up on the a, a Clark because she signed me in the beginning. Yeah. She's the one that gave me a chance. So I just redid those books. So she's going to be releasing Fienden and Still Fienden, and they're street novels, and it's, it's, it's fiction, but it's based around true stories. Also, I have uh, Trace of My Blood. Same thing with that. all the books that I write. They're based around right. true stories, even though they're fiction for entertainment. But I, yeah, I plan on building an empire, and I plan on being a voice for these ladies that are in prison. They won't be the only Absolutely. people that I be publishing, but I just want to be that voice for them. Even though they had a life in prison, they could still can do something productive with their life instead Absolutely. of just sitting in and rotting away. I mean, Absolutely. do something. Keep yourself busy. You know keep your mind fed and then just give somebody else something that they can enjoy that's coming from them.
4: Absolutely.
3: No
4: need to
3: sit around and waste
4: time. Absolutely.
3: And I think
2: that's the thing. I think um, I I remember hearing a a couple um, guests that we've had on the show who have been incarcerated and they talked about how, you know, staying busy, Um, During those times, it's the best thing that you can do because, you know, as people say, you know, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And so you have those moments, you know, where that depression can sink in, that that loneliness, and and that leads to other things, you know, suicide, suicide, all of those things um, that that run through people's heads, you know, when they're in those situations. And so being able um, to, you know, give people a chance to share their story or to just share their talent. You know, it's so much talent um, behind, uh, with people who are incarcerated. A lot of people, you know, have no idea how many talented people are actually, you know, in prison. Some of them are in prison for stuff, you know, that they didn't do. Uh, you know, some are, are in there for stuff that they did. But however, you know, there are very talented people. And like you said, they just need someone to give them that opportunity um, to to share their talents with um, everyone, yeah. and so, um, of course, let's see here, DeAndre uh, from Ohio, he wants to know um, if your publisher publishing company is looking for any more um, authors, and how do the, how people go about submitting their information to you?
3: Yes, we are looking for more artists. We're taking artists every day. You can go on the <laughs> website, at I'll Also, you'll have my phone number on the website and my email address, or you can email me, and I will answer the phone, and I will return your email.
2: All right. Awesome, you guys. And so uh, for the folks out here, Serenity, um, tell them where they can go to a Treacherous Hustle.
3: They can get, right now, it's exclusively on Amazon, Kindle, okay. and the paperback book. And you can also get it directly from me, from seven-figure publications. You can go in there okay. and click on it and order mm-hmm. it. I'll sign it and send it out to you. Um, so, yeah, right now, all of the books are on Amazon.
0: Incredible, and if you, you have guys.
3: Amazon, you click on it and you just read it for free. And Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, Absolutely. And so, of course, uh, Serenity, I definitely want to thank you for, for coming on here this evening and sharing your story and being uh, just so open and transparent and, and real about the things that you have endured and, and where you are um, in your life right now. And I definitely uh, look forward to having you back on again, especially uh, next year so we can discuss these new books Uh, that you have in the works, and as well as as get some of your authors on here, we would definitely love to have them. And um, for the folks out here, uh, Serenity, what would be your words of advice to those upcoming writers, those aspiring authors? What would be your words of advice that you have learned thus far by being in the literary industry?
3: Stay focused. Be determined, work hard, don't give up, don't let anybody shut down your dreams. Always remember somebody else's journey is not yours. You have to follow your own journey. Don't worry about what the next person is doing because then you'll lose sight of what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Absolutely.
3: That's what I do. I, that's what I live by. if I don't have time to do that. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to push my arthur, I'm going to push
0: myself, and I feel like what God got for me, that's what
2: he got for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And so, uh, Serenity, for the folks out here who want to be able to uh, connect with you as far as social media, uh, tell them how they can uh, and where they can go about uh, connecting with you at.
3: On uh social media, Facebook, I'm on the Arthur of Serenity Hall. I have a, a like page on the Arthur of Serenity Hall. Instagram is Serenity Hall, and Twitter is also Serenity Hall. Or you can go to the website, www.serenityhall.com, or the publishing website, sevenfigurepublications.com. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. So you guys, make sure you go – and support uh, this awesome author. And I'll be putting the link up as well um, on the Beautiful Butterfly page on Facebook and the Bianca Fly page on Facebook. So you guys can purchase those, uh, get you some good reads in um, this month and so forth. And so, once again, uh, Serenity, thank you so much uh, for coming on here. I appreciate you taking thank the time you. to join me. Absolutely. And so uh with that
4: said,
2: uh we're gonna get ready to get out of here. But Serenity, I hope that you have uh incredible uh rest of the week and an incredible an incredible rest of the year and I look forward to talking with you again soon.
3: Okay, thank you. Thank you, have a good one. You too, bye
2: bye. Bye. All right, you guys, that was Arthur Serenity Hall. She is the author of A Treacherous um, Hustle. Uh, This book is entitled um, Hitting a Lick for the Love of a Pimp. This is the Felicia story. Uh, You guys may have uh, saw the story on TV once. Um, And so this is the book um, that Felicia Blakely herself has been able to connect with Serenity Hall and connect with her and share Share her personal story and her journey, you guys. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you who's coming up this week on The Beautiful Butterfly Show.
5: There is a musical revolution coming. Yeah. A mixture of jazz Soul and funk, Topped off with the lyrical precision of the spoken one, Mr. Arrestus A Day. Come
4: Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle Series 1 and 2. Also author of the Devil's Calling Card 1, 2, and 3. All available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Here. It's official. Signed with Universal. Miss Renetta Mays with You Got Me Open. Live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Taylor County Media, and of course, YourRadioNetwork.com. Buy that. Cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn it, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mays, You Got Me Open.
2: And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm yours, Bianca Fly, and big shouts out to Serenity Hall for coming through and sharing um, her phenomenal testimony and story with us, um, as well as sharing her incredible book, A Treacherous hustle with us, you guys, the Felicia Blakely story, and so, of course, uh, you guys know that we're normally on Tuesdays and Thursdays, however, uh, we got a show coming up this Wednesday, yes, y'all, November 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we've got uh Vice uh, Moses Johnson, she's back, you guys, and she's going to be talking about her production. That's right. She is putting on a stage play um, based off um, of her book, uh, which she came on and shared with us, um, Steel Miracles. And so now she has um, created a magnificent um, stage play and production behind this book. So she's going to come on and share with us about that production, let you guys know how you can have the opportunity to see it as far as ticket information, all of those things. And so sure you join us tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the beautiful Butterfly. And so that's what's going on this week, you guys. And don't forget, you want to be a guest in 2018. Now is the time to start submitting your information to our booking um, personnel. So make sure you send that information to the with just the letter B show at gmail.com. Let us know um, your information, how you want to be a guest on the show, all of those great things, and we will definitely make it happen. So once again, make sure you guys go head on over to Amazon and check out uh, Serenity Halls, A Treacherous Hustle, Hitting a Lick for the Love of a Pimp, the Felicia Blakely story, you guys. And so with that said, folks, Uh, We're going to get ready to get out of here. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show, you
0: guys. Mm
4: people in here have ever been in love. I know none of the guys don't raise their hand. But how many of y'all have ever been in love? No, no, no. I know none of the guys, but we don't get in love, right? Oh, let this black man right here tell what his idea of love is. Because now all the time we here about, about, uh, about your personal definition. Don't tell me what Webster said. Huh? Do everything for that person. Okay. okay. Everything like what? Mm-hmm. Let him talk, come on. If I asked him to talk about a fancy car, he'd be right on point. But we want to talk about love. You can do it. What do you think? You said you love somebody, you should know why you love them, right? Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Know
4: no that you want to talk to him because he's right there. I, I was right, you gotta alone. That's i I thought that you know, was a beautiful know, point. Yeah. Anybody else want to deal with that? And sometimes, like, when they, when they try to act
0: funny in front of their boys and they get around right, and they say they love you, they can't love you. Because so love, love, love wouldn't do that. It's more love, love is not I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in please be sure to follow us on Instagram that's at Instagram.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show also on Facebook.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show and last but certainly not least you can also catch up with us on Twitter that's at Twitter.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show and thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of The Vibration Radio Network.